When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Album for the Day with John E. and Jay. As we fire up the second year of Album for the Day, we do a little pivot. Mm. We've been doing a different album every day uh, for a year. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's 360 <laughs> something of those for you if you want to go check those out. Yeah. Um, we're going to be focusing still on albums. But in the context of the people who are on the albums and the contributors who made the albums what they were. And I think that's really what breaks down the whole music scene of what we're doing here. It's just it really gets the backstory of who the people are creating the music that we've grown to love over the years. We've found a bunch of new people that we get to talk about, which is exciting for me. People I didn't even know who were on some of the most fantastic albums ever played. And you know the music, and you've heard it, and... Now it's time to get to know the artists. Yeah. And today, Album for the Day digs into the people behind the albums again, and we're actually going to start talking about a group of people, Mm -hmm. an extremely large group of people. And an extremely important large group of people. If you've ever worked in a restaurant, it's the dishwasher. (laughs) It's not going to happen without it. It's not going to be the same. You'll fail. Mm-hmm. The backup singer. Mm. An integral part, inter- integral part of every album ever made. An unsung hero or heroine, whichever it may be. Um, and man, there's some doozies out there. The concept of having backup vocal is so strong. That even when you don't get additional personnel to do it, you record a backup vocal yourself. Yeah. That's how important the concept is. It's mm. Even if I don't think I'm going to get a good blend out of anybody, I'm going to blend with me mm-hmm. and give it a backup to, vocal. To harmonize. Yeah. Which also shows the power of what that harmony does for voices. Absolutely. You know, and how important it is. For the ear to not just have that one note singing at you because it sounds boring. Yeah. And to have talented musicians and singers that can come in and absolutely know where you're going and sing backup with you. I see those holes and I can fill them. Fill it and fill those gaps. Yeah. With unbelievable talent. Balance. It, it, it brings balance to the whole thing. It really, really does. And that's that's why people will you know record their own because mm-hmm. it's just not balanced if it doesn't have mm-hmm. like it, and you don't have to harmonize like the whole way through. It's not about that. Yeah, and there's I mean there's even like live you know you see everybody from you know Paul McCartney to you name a band out there the Who 
has backup singers now. And it's always, the you know, Black Crows. the Black Crows have backup singers. Uh, They're you known know, for backup singers. And it's one of those things where it's just, it adds such a depth to your music. And the singers are just on another level of where their harmonies, they know where they're going. They know where to go, where to be. I mean, look at, don't don't even talk about bands. Talk about people like Michael Buble or Mm -hmm. Celine Dion Mm -hmm. or people that are Mm -hmm. vocalists. Yeah. I am a, I am a primary solo vocalist. Mm -hmm. You're not going to do the show by yourself, man. No, you got people on mics back there because let's round it out. Yeah, exactly. And that, the artist would not sound the same without those performers singing their faces off behind them. Correct. You wouldn't have the same, you know, Celine Dion sells out, you know, 300 days a year in Vegas. She would sell out nothing if she didn't have those singers behind her. Speaking of uh, people that made a relevant contribution while singing backup, um, I found a short list of contributions in that way Mm -hmm. uh we've all heard staying on money for nothing oh yeah that's a good one um mick jagger um y'all so vain vain, (laughs) which is even creepier considering they were supposed to be having some sort of an affair at the same time Mm -hmm. and that song actually might have been about you (laughs) it probably was um luther vandross sang on david bowie's young americans Mm -hmm. and that is just an amazing backup part Mm -hmm. uh these three i was a little surprised at Mm -hmm. you've lost that loving feeling be my baby and the do ron ron all have share Singing background vocals. Those were all Phil Spector productions, and she was in with him, I guess, before the sunny years. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, John Lennon sings Back Up on Fame by Mm. David Bowie again. Mm -hmm. John Lennon also sang Back Up with Nilsson Schmilson. Indeed. On Harry Nilsson's record. And and in the music video for Lime and the Coconut... He's John Lennon is the guy in the gorilla suit walking around through the whole video. Thank you, VH1's pop-up video. (laughs) We watched the whole thing. That's how we watched it. And then um, a couple of real interesting ones uh, from, again, somebody that's known for being a solo vocalist. uh, Elton John's The Bitch is Back. Mm-hmm. has Dusty Springfield singing background vocals. Wow, that's really cool. Um, and Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Ooh, this is a good one. Rick Astley <laughs> and Gary Barlow from Take That. I, I love that. I love that. And I we, mean, we, we just and recently... But you, you still didn't even mention like Sheryl Crow singing backup for, for Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Like, there's so many... Oh, no. I've got another list. Oh, another list. Oh, yeah. That's uh, famous people that used to be backup singers. Oh, and Luther Vandross didn't make that list? I, that's the most amazing backup thing. I wanted to get specific oh. about okay. Young Americans. All right. Well, yeah, okay. I, I get you on that one. Didn't want to be a hipster about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You need a PBR with that statement? <laughs> I'm cool with my yingling. Thank you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
that's my skinny jeans. Now. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we all know that Whitney Houston's mom, mm-hmm. Sissy, was mm-hmm. a famous background and lead vocalist. Um, but Whitney sang back up for Lou Rawls, Jermaine Jackson, Chaka Khan. Oh man, that's awesome. Remember Faith Evans? Yeah, dude. She sang back up for Mary J and Usher. Um, Angie Stone sang back up for D'Angelo and Lenny Kravitz. Carrie Hilson sang for Usher, Ludacris, Kelly Rowland, and Ciara. I I really just, I guess I didn't know this particular story, but Mariah Carey was a backup singer for Brenda Starr. I did not know that. Me neither. Wow, and she actually supposedly introduced him to Tommy, introduced her to Tommy Mottola, and that's where wow. it all started. Wow. Um, also, didn't know that John Legend sang background vocals for Kanye West. I oh, did man. know that he did stuff with yeah. Alicia Keys, but I didn't. Yeah, I guess I wasn't on the Kanye bus at the beginning. No, no. Um, Anthony Hamilton sang back up for D'Angelo. Minnie Ripperton uh, was actually in a group called Studio 3, and they did piles and piles of backup work. Mm. Um, she also sang backup on Rescue Me by Fontala Bass. Mm. Um, and Vesta Williams uh, sang backup for Shaka Khan, Sting, Anita Baker, and Gladys Knight. Mm. And, you know, all of those people had solo careers of some success very yeah on their own yes um which you know and then there's other then there's other people like the jordanaires who they were primarily just a backup vocal group for elvis for elvis in the late 40s early 50s and like they kind of switched out people but it was a quartet that their job was to have that country sound and jive. Make that magnificent sound. Make that harmony work with Elvis. And here's your $3 for your studio time today. Shame on them. (laughs) They deceived them by saying it was Sun Records, but it's so bright. It's got to be fun. They didn't just do Elvis's stuff. They also did all of Patsy Cline's stuff. And that's pretty much what you're going to know the Jordanaires from. If you, if you, if you like the, you know, uh, you know, check it out, you know, Patsy Cline and Elvis, probably two artists you're going to want to listen to anyways, but all the background stuff, all the backing vocals, all of it is the Jordanaires. Yeah. I think that, um, I mean, we, we've gotten into, you know, some of those conversations recently, uh, talking about, um, the Eagles and how Richard Marks has Joe Walsh playing a guitar solo and Timothy B. Schmidt and mm-hmm. uh, Randy Meisner singing background vocals. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, man. And that just goes to show that it doesn't matter how big you are mm-hmm. featuring on somebody else's. That's always a special thing. It's, it's when, a cool thing when somebody's calling you specifically to come in and play on their record. Hey, you dude, know? I really hear you in, in this, this. Mm-hmm. and it would mean a lot. And, you know, I'm sure plenty of people get turned down all the time. Yeah. Um, well, it's like when, uh, you know, Pink Floyd 
you know, they called in Claire Torrey when they're doing, they're recording Dark Side of the Moon. And it was one of those things where there was in the studio, they're asking around, like, does anybody know somebody? And somebody's like, man, I know the perfect person for this. They call Claire Torrey. She comes in and take one, does great gig in the sky, which is the one of the, to me, one of the most iconic backup background singers that it, it's just like, it makes that album it makes that album for it validates me. the album. It I does. mean, and it's just like it's just like the way that she controls her voice and and gives you this emotional performance of just like whoa! I can't imagine being in the studio because apparently the band was like, "All right, we're going to play this for you." They played it for her one time. They're like, "We just want something airy, light. We want this kind of rolling." Da da da, da. and she's like, "Okay," I, and. Take, they recorded it multiple times, but they what they what's on Dark Side of the Moon was take one, where and she let him where she it. she just opened up and she had no idea who Pink Floyd even was. She didn't know what she was a part of until the album came out, and she saw she was like okay, I'm, and then she listens to this and hears herself and hears her performance and it's just like holy crap. Shine on, you like, crazy diamond. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's one of the most, the longest charting albums possibly of all time. It's. I know it's still in it's, the top five without even looking. Yeah, I know it's, it's it still to in the top five. Yeah, it has to be. And, you know, that's the great thing and, you know, what they're talking about. And, you know, a lot of these people that we're discussing now, you know, Hal Blaine, Carol Kay, like, how are you going to get these people into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? So they invented a sidemen category so mm-hmm. that they could get these completely relevant, worthy people in with the people that, that they helped yeah. make their careers. Yeah, because the albums would not be no. the same no. without them. They wouldn't even be close. No, they literally should have gotten inducted for being on those stinking albums. Yeah, and, I, I, you and know what? And that's where we're at. I'll, is I'll they're doing that. It. I'll agree with that. They're doing it now, but yeah. you don't induct an album; you induct a, an, an artist. artist. Yeah. And yep, it's very specific. And I'm glad that they came up with the sidemen thing because it, it allows an opportunity for real recognition. I'll agree, and it's much deserved. I mean, let's be honest: Steve Winwood got inducted as a member of Traffic, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And when all should. the other stuff he did, yeah, that's what they chose. So. Mm-hmm. I think that it's, um, I think it's a really cool kind of concept that you can find your peace mm-hmm. and your satisfaction uh, by being a, a position player. Mm. So, so who do you feel would be like upper echelon? Like, what is that like? Who, who do you feel greatest backup singer? Greatest ever? Maybe not ever. Just like somebody who's on your list of like this one. Like, boom. I mean, there's a pretty awesome story with Mary Clayton. I will agree. I will agree. She was very high on mine as well. Um, I go, yeah, I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I'm going to be chiming in while you're telling the story. Well, Mary Clayton, um, she got her start when um, she sang 
with Bobby Darren on a song called Who Can I Count On? And she was 14. 14. Yeah. When she, when and got to sing with Bobby Darren. The song, the Shoop Shoop song, It's In His Kiss. Yeah. Mary it's Clayton actually kiss. recorded the very first version of that. They got released. Oh, wow. Um, she was the original singer of that before Betty Everett took it to the top 10 in the same year. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that happened. Yeah, well, that was that was kind of like the early '60s, whatever. That was kind of the thing. You'd keep recording songs and whatever. Well, and they let one people cut them like over and over again, yeah. and it was like you know saturation mm-hmm. uh, in the weirdest way, if mm-hmm. you ask me. Because um, they they just don't do that anymore. There are songs that cross over, but they're very occasional now. Mm-hmm. Um, but she performed with Ray Charles and she was one of the Raylettes. Oh yeah. And that's actually where she, um, met her husband, Curtis Amy, who was, uh, Ray Charles's band leader at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who depicted him in the, uh, in the movie, but I know that he was in it. Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. That's everybody's trivia question. Shoot us an email. Shoot us a tweet. Let us know who played Curtis Amy in the biopic Ray Charles. Because mm. you're faster than us. Because you're faster than us, exactly. But um, it's funny because apparently Ray Charles was the only artist that her dad would let her see live. That's crazy. It's, it's such a crazy thing. It's crazy that you would limit her to literally the greatest opportunity she could have. Yeah, right. Sure, man. I'll sure, take that I'll take that, I'll take that to the bank. Yeah, let me, let me go to my room Yeah, right. with Ray Charles and yeah. make some hits. Yeah. But uh, apparently she is best known for, in 1969, uh, duetting with Mick Jagger on Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones. Oh, my gosh. You and, want to talk about just an absolute just owning a song and that song would not even be close to the same thing without her voice in that song there's no way how her how her voice breaks and it like has that power the passion the drive in that right intensity oh the intensity great it's just like holy cow there's no nobody else could have done it the way that she did. And that continues for yeah. some time, yeah. and nobody wanted it to stop. No. You can even hear uh, Mick Jagger in the sound booth go, Woo! If you have it turned up, you can hear him going, My God, she's well, just blowing it away. Because they just decided that they wanted a woman to sing on the song, and they made a call because somebody said call, yep. call Mary. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mary was pregnant. And she showed up in curlers at 3 a.m. or yeah, something. Yeah, to the studio and uh, just went in and just killed it. Yeah. And um, the sad after story to that is um, soon afterwards, she suffered a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. 
and some people have tried to associate those two things. It's really not important. No, it's not. And, you know, it's a tragedy, and, uh, you know, I'm sure she had a hard time listening to that song for a while, um, you know. But, you know... You can definitely verify that she was straining and exerting herself oh, in the yeah. recording. But, so, but again, that doesn't no, that doesn't, that doesn't prove necessarily one thing mean or the other. And, I'm just saying that yeah. that's why people yeah, were that's trying why to. They did because you can't listen to that performance and not think, "My God, she's touching another. She's touching another element out there, and something. You know, she had to give so much. That kind of thing." You know, but you know, my the funny thing is that she turned, you know, an absolute chance opportunity into a golden one mm-hmm. because they actually tried to call Bonnie Bramlett to sing that song, mm-hmm. and uh, her husband Delaney refused to allow her to sing with the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Oops, oops, yeah, yeah. But Mary continued on with her career and her life. Yep. And uh, uh, she sang back up for Leonard Skinner on <clears throat> Sweet Home Alabama. And Southern Man. And Southern Man. Uh, In fact, she cut Southern Man herself. Yeah. And she was the original Acid Queen in the first London production of uh, The Who's Tommy. Um, which, I mean, the, if you're working with the Stones, The Who, Leonard Skinner, you know? And, and. I mean that's just that's we're just in 1972 at that point. She also worked with Ringo Starr in '73 in off uh, the the track "Oh My My." Uh, I mean it's just like she did the song "The Nude Bomb" for the Get Smart movie, "The mm-hmm. Nude Bomb," mm-hmm. and uh, the song "Yes" and "Dirty Dancing." I thought it was interesting in the mid '80s. She was in a gospel group called Brilliance. That was formed by Della Reese. <laughs> if you remember her from Touched by an Angel. Of course. Who could forget Della I Reese? can't forget that. Um, but they released an album, and uh, that was pretty good. I checked it out. She was also doing some acting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually just had a really wonderful moment of recognition a moment ago. and uh, With listening to Tori Amos's uh, Cornflake Girl, which is a huge hit from 1994. Massive. And neither one of us realized she was the backup singer at the very end bridge. She's the singer, and you can hear it. And it was like, oh, my gosh. It totally makes the song. It totally makes the song. And... Uh, you know, one thing that I saw that um, I, I bet you didn't run across, too, she actually did a song with Everlast. I did not know that. Yeah. I knew she'd work with G-Love and the Special Sauce. But and that song is fantastic. Yes, it is. That but I did not know she worked with Everlast. That's cool. What did she do with him? She did a song on Whitey Ford Sings the Blues what? called Black Coffee. Wow. Okay, that's cool. I haven't looked it up yet, but I don't know if it was, you know, juxtaposed with the song Black Jesus. Oh, well, Black Jesus and Black Coffee. Yeah. That's all That's all you need. I mean, when you're talking about Everlast, you just never know. Mm, that's true. But she's, she's definitely fantastic. Uh, she actually got in a car accident in 2014. 
and um, she was severely injured, and uh, they actually had to amputate both of her legs at the knees due to her suffering, quote, profound trauma to her lower extremities. Mm. So I want to be clear, that's in 2014. Mm-hmm. That is uh, 40, 45 years mm-hmm. after the other tragedy. Mm-hmm. And she's still recording music today. And she was in... Uh, there's also... There's a documentary out there um, called 20 Feet from Stardom. Oh, yeah. That thing's amazing. Um, and she plays herself in this... Two, it was made in 2013. Thank God. And, yeah. Nobody and, can play her. Yeah. And, and it, it is... It's really riveting. Um, it's really amazing to see the, the guys who did this. They they got into the nitty gritty of what it's like to be these people, and like the interviews are amazing. The whole movie is absolutely amazing. I highly recommend watching this movie. It's where kind of we where I, I'm sorry, I want to speak for both of us. Where I was really introduced to Mary Clayton, where I didn't even know. I mean, I knew the songs she was associated with, but I had no idea about you know, what she had done and all that. So I actually saw the, there's a, um, if you think of behind the music was kind of geared a little bit more towards rock and pop. Um, there's another show called unsung and it's essentially that for like R and B and jazz and stuff like that. And I actually saw, they made an episode and there were a lot of people I learned about on that show that, um, just kind of like this, you know, the people behind a number of things that you were a big fan of, but just didn't really have a name to go with that voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was interesting that the same year that, sorry, the year after um, her car accident, uh, it was like she did a Jay-Z Kanye thing and decided to do two tracks with Coldplay. Mm, well, Coldplay. So, well, there mm, it is. Yeah. And then she put out a solo album last year called Beautiful Scars. And I just can't help but think, dude, like that's such an embracing of everything. I for love you. that. Isn't that amazing? I love that. Well, I've had fun uh, discussing some backup singers, uh, Mary Clayton, Claire Torrey, uh, all, you know, all of them. Um, it's been it, it's been really great. Um, clearly. One of the most important parts of a band is having people sit, sitting back, harmonizing, getting together, and really making albums come alive. Um, and I feel like I feel like we covered some good ones. Very and I think I, I think I got a nickname for Mary Clayton, man. Oh, do you? I'm gonna take it straight from her, man. Mary Beautiful Scars Clayton. I like that. Bang. It's not gonna get any better than that one. No, it's not. Um, well. Uh, give us a follow, subscribe, wherever you listen to us. Uh, if you have any artists that you'd like us to talk about, feel free to shoot us an email at album, the number four, the day at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at album, the number four, the day. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you when we see you. Splish, splash, I was taking a bath. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> you went there. After starting the podcast, you can search for the album, use the three dots, and hit add to queue. 
Now the album will start as soon as the episode ends. Woo-hoo!